Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, we're talking about the impact of generosity. We're not talking about it. We're learning about it. And so uh, online, at home, I want you to get your Bibles and devices open. On site here, we're, we're going to look at this. I, I want you to think for a moment about generosity. I want you to think about the big picture. I want you to think about the timing of God with this. To me, as I, as I see this, this is something that I've been planning for some time, well, even before we, back before the coronavirus. And so I want you to think of this. Think of the wisdom of God. Here we are uh, in a moment where the truth, the biblical truth of generosity, our whole lifestyle, not just one thing, has never been more important. Think about the timing. Think about what we need to hear right now. Think about our mindset. Think about our perspective. Think about where we need to be as believers looking at what's happening right now. I mentioned it a moment ago in worship. There, we probably have never had more conscious thoughts than, than we're having right now about lack. Lack. Are there going to be enough groceries? You know, we've laughed about it, and it's gotten better. But there, there was a time, who would have ever thought that your biggest find at the grocery store was toilet paper? I mean, when was the last time you went to the grocery store and the first aisle you went to was the toilet paper aisle? Tell the truth. And, and, and how many of you, don't raise your hand, ran against the sign that said one way in the aisle to get down there? You know, I, you don't raise your hand. I mean, think about it. We, we've, we've had this lack thing. You know, what are we going to do? Oh, you know, uh, I, I, you know I, I hope everybody is as clean <laughs> at home as we appear to be now, but I've never heard people want to Lysol everything like they do right now. And, but you can't get Lysol. I mean, it's an interesting time. And there's, there's, if we're not very careful, instead of having a mindset and a lifestyle of generosity, we're focused on lack. There's not enough. What's going to happen here? Is there enough business for my, for my company to stay open? Are there enough sales, enough contracts? Is there enough money to go around? Uh, pretty soon, we're going to deal with something else, and I've already heard people talking about it. We haven't even developed a vaccine for the coronavirus, but I, you know what I've already heard people talking about? You think there's going to be enough to go around? It's just a spirit of lack, not enough. Is there going to be enough? Am I going to get mine? What am I going to do? What, how am I going to do this? We, we, uncertainty. We've never had so much uncertainty. Fear, lack, greed. Some of the worst things have come out of us. And so I believe in God's wisdom that what we're learning from Scripture right now is probably one of the greatest gifts that God could give us. It's one of the greatest insights that we could have, the impact of generosity. Uh, what, what we're doing here in connection with kingdom builders, I call it this, the greatest cause on earth connected to the wisdom of heaven. What's the greatest cause on earth? The greatest cause on earth is that we get the gospel to people, that people get to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. How many are thankful today in your life just going through your routine, you and I, ordinary people, that we're connected to the greatest cause on this earth. Our life has value at the highest level. That's why we talk about our mission statement. We want everyone we meet to experience life at the highest level. How does that happen? Through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God gave us wisdom. What was the wisdom of heaven? Well, we've always been a generous church, a giving church, a, a church that does outreach, that cares for people locally and around the world. But Kingdom Builders is a way that we became proactive. We got ahead of this. 
We've been working with this. I, I read this morning early that if this next tropical storm that's in the Gulf right now uh, hits the Gulf Coast of Texas, we will have more uh, hurricane impact in this Gulf Coast or in the Gulf of Mexico since 1916. It's an unusual time. If we're not very careful, that begins to impact us in a negative way. We become hesitant. We become isolated. We become fearful. But God wants us to live a different way. I don't think there's ever been a greater opportunity for the gospel to be seen and known and received than the time we're living in right now. I believe the impact of generosity has been positioned to have its greatest force now than it ever has. And it does something amazing for us. You know what generosity does in this time of fear, uncertainty, and lack? It throws open the door for our mighty God to walk in a situation. Every time generosity is exhibited, that's done, that's practiced, God steps in that moment. That's the whole point. I want you to get this. It's not about what you and I have. Generosity, get this. I want you to get this. Generosity is not based on my resources. How many heard what I just said? I want to try that again. You, you gave me the Episcopal Church, amen. Sorry to that group. I apologize. You gave me another church, amen. I want a Calvary, amen. How many of you understand that generosity is not based upon my resources? It's based upon God's resources. Generosity is a mindset that understands I'm connected to the God who's unlimited. And my responsibility is just be obedient to him. Generosity is a life of faith that says God has all this in control. And I get to be the, the vehicle that he uses. So let's look at this verse. It verses, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. See that? It's, it's not about, I'm not the end of this. God's the source. We're just the channels. God's the supply. We just have the joy of distributing what he has. Not just finances in every way. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but it comes to poverty. Wow. Verse 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. See, what happens without generosity, you move away from that understanding, and we're always looking for someone to do something for us. Our life is based upon what other people do. But when we begin to be generous, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. We're doing God's will. And God says, I'm going to take care of you. He says, what you give is going to come back in your life. Now, we've read these verses before, and I'm going to have it up here for you in the Passion Translation, 1 John 3, 16 through 19. I want you to read this with me again. It's really fundamental to what we're studying and learning right now, all right? Let's look at these verses. This is how we have discovered love's reality. How many are thankful you know the reality of love. The reality of love. This is how, <clears throat> pardon me, we've discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Period. What is the greatest demonstration of love? Jesus sacrificed his life for us. We've discovered that. How many are thankful for that today? There you go. I even heard somebody at home say amen. Watch. Now, because of this great love, because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. Verse 17. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? The love of God is demonstrated. It's action. All right? Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only, that we only talk about. 
but a way of life, a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. Leave that there. I want you to go back to verse 18. Leave it there for a minute. Thank you. Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory that we only talk about. How many are with me? But a way of life demonstrated, demonstrated through our loving deeds. Now verse 19. We know that the truth lives within us. How do we know? Come on, that we're not just theoretical Christians. That we're not just Sunday morning Christians. Look, we know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love. These are powerful statements. This is what we need to know and live in right now. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. Those are powerful statements, exciting statements. I love that because I don't need a theory of Christianity. I need a real lifestyle. How many can say amen to that? This world we're living in doesn't need any more theory, any more arguments, any more debates, any any more doctrinal discussions. What this world needs that we're called to bring the gospel to needs a real demonstration of the love of God. They need to see something tangible. Something that works and they can relate to in our life. I want to show you. So guys, get ready. I want to show you a video that's the result of kingdom builder giving. What's the impact? I want you to see. Now, this is where we begin to work with this. How we can partner with, with ministries that are touching the world. I want to show you one uh, in, in, in uh, an area, well, northern India. I'll tell you where, where this took place. And I want you to see that although we're just a small part of partnering with some great ministries, this is the power of what we can do together. I want you to see the power of the Word of God to save a young man from being possessed by demonic spirits. He didn't even understand, but he had access to a Bible that a missionary brought him who'd been supported by kingdom builders. Are you ready? Watch this. I want you to see this. I was born and brought up in a very, very poor family in a very remote village in the mountains. And uh, when I was uh, 12 or 13 years old, um, I got very sick. There were no hospitals, no doctors. So people will just go to their family gods for help. Sickness is kind of punishment because our family gods are not happy with us. You need to make them happy. My mom actually went to the Hindu Soothsayer. This fellow tells my mom that there's one more spirit that wants to join your family gods. The spirit gonna possess your son and he'll be famous in the village. But I really did not like that. One day I was just laying down in my bed and I saw this book lying down somewhere in a small hole inside the wall. I started reading it and this was a story of Jesus in this book. He's just healing people, he's feeding people, he's touching the dead, dead bodies and they're coming to the life. I told my mom, Mom, I'm reading this book and this book talks about Jesus Christ and I think he can heal me also. My mom just says, what happened to you? Are you crazy or mad or whatever? They decided the particular day that they were supposed to do the rituals and ceremonies and sacrificing. And, and that was the day, the first time I ever called upon the name of Jesus. 
Lord Jesus, if you are the true one, if you are the powerful, please save me today. I joined their ceremony inside. Hindu priests started playing drums and chantings and singing. There were people already possessed with different spirit. They started shaking me, pulling my hairs and clothes and raising me up. And I was literally shivering with fear. And I was still calling upon the name of Jesus in my heart. Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, save me. That was the point when all the people that were dancing, they came to their normal consciousness. They sat down. The Hindu priest was like, I have never ever experienced this kind of stuff in my life. Every knowledge that I had, all the chantings and experience and power that I have, I have just tried. It's right there. But there is a huge mighty power blocking the spirit to come over to this guy. And I have no clue what is that. I cannot remove that mighty power and I quit. Everybody just dispersed and I told my mom, Mom, do you remember one day I was talking to you like about this book and this book talks about Jesus. That Jesus saved me today. My mom and my dad, the same day, both of them gave their lives to Jesus, the same day. They were like, yes, we have seen, we have experienced the name of Jesus today. There are so many thousands and thousands of people living on those mountains. Why did you only pick me and my family? That's so humbling to me. My entire family today knows Jesus and they worship Jesus. Not only that, but because of our family, there are so many people, they have come to know Jesus Christ today. Through a Bible. He said it. Did you get that? It was just in a little hole in the wall. But he remembered it was there. Makes a difference. What we're doing makes a difference. We have to realize that, that generosity is, is the ability to recognize, God, you've blessed me. And there's something I can do, particularly when we get together, that makes huge impact. It makes a tremendous impact. But I want you to see this. I want you to look in Romans chapter 10. And verse 14 and 15, I want you to see this because it's critical after, after seeing this testimony. I don't want you to miss this. Romans 10, verses 14 and 15, you saw the testimony. But let's look at Scripture. How did that happen? Why did it happen? Look at this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not yet heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Verse 15. And how can anyone preach unless they are what? Sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How did this young man have this miraculous salvation? Someone sent someone. We are part of a sending people. Our life makes a difference. There it is in Scripture. God says that's his plan. That's that's how this works. Look look at the definition again of impact. The impact of generosity. I want you to see this. Impact. Look at this. The action of one object coming forcefully in contact with another. Leave that up for a minute. Did you think about his testimony? Here they were chanting and screaming and dancing for a spirit to possess this boy. 
And all he knew in his limited knowledge he has read was, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, save me. And, and, and the, the spirit leader in that, what did he say? He said, I can't come through that power. I can't overcome this power. I quit. I stopped. I've never found anything like this. What happened? The action of one object coming forcibly in contact with another. Generosity reached to the mountains of an unreached place in the name of Jesus forcefully impacted the power of hell. How did that happen? Someone sent them. Someone sent them. I don't know how you feel today. I'm thankful to be part of Kingdom Building. Thankful to be part of kingdom. Thankful for the power of generosity. Let me read one more couple of things here. We, we, another thing we partner with locally is with Way FM Christian Radio. How we take that for granted sometimes. The, these these Christian radio stations are faith based. We partner with them here at Calvary. We're just one small part of many partners. Tom Ewing, who is one of our elders at Calvary, is the manager of, of uh, Way FM. It's a blessing. Let me read a couple of things to you that he sent to me. They give away Bibles because partners support them and people hear the message. Listen, listen to some of these things. I'll just read a couple of these. Uh, it says, some stuff happened in my life. These are testimonies. Some stuff happened in my life that made me lose faith, so to speak. And a few months ago, I chose to accept that faith and I don't have a good Bible to help me build on that faith. Would you send me one? Here's another one. I have never believed in God. I'm an atheist. But after the coronavirus and all the tragic stuff happening in the world, I think God may come soon. And I want to read a Bible and give my soul to God. (laughs) It's amazing. Listen to this. Uh, I'm trying to find this one. Uh, I am an addict and I am in early recovery. I need a Bible and I can't afford one. My friend told me about you giving a free Bible. I'm grateful if you can. Thank you. Here's another one. My wife passed away, and I'm raising my son by myself. I need guidance. Uh, uh, It goes on and on. Here's one. Hello, I am so grateful that you offer free Bibles. I'm a single mom who lives paycheck to paycheck, and I don't have extra money for anything. I had a Bible, but I lost it a few years ago, and I'm feeling like I really want to start reading it. I'm struggling so much right now, and I want to read it. If you don't have any available, I understand. I just wanted to ask. Thank you so much. And it goes on and on. You see, everywhere that that, that people need Jesus, you and I get a chance to be a part of them finding Jesus. Getting Bible, supporting Christian radio, sending the gospel around to places where people have never never heard it before. That's the result of that. That's the result of being generous and having a vehicle through kingdom builders to let that generosity become reality. Yesterday, yesterday, I did a funeral for a young woman who had been in our women's recovery ministry. She died in an unfortunate accident. But the good news was standing there yesterday in that funeral with her family with tears on her face. The good news was because of the the women's recovery ministry we have and our kingdom builders that makes it happen. There's somebody in heaven today that a few months ago wouldn't have been there if it hadn't been for the generosity and the ministry and the practical demonstration of love. That's why we do what we do. That's the privilege that God gives us. It's, it's, it's a partnership. It's, it's a partnership. We get to distribute the resources of heaven. You know, when, 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 when I've been hurt and I want to be angry and have revenge, I can draw on the power of God that forgave me. 
and I can forgive someone. And we begin to distribute the power of God. Isn't that amazing? It's not what I have. Generosity, listen, let me say it again, is not based on my resources. It's based on the resources of God. How do you love people that don't love you back? How are you kind when people aren't kind? How do you bless those who curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you? I can't draw on George Sawyer to do that. I can't pull that from within me, but I can turn to Almighty God and pull on his resources and distribute that to the people around me. How many can say amen to that? You see, I believe if we're sending a gospel to villages that never heard his name, we're helping radio send Bibles out. If we're seeing lost people saved and free. I believe that God will back us up. I believe God will stand with us on every moment. I believe we'll get to see God do greater and greater things. And I'm convinced right now that we being generous in this season is the greatest gift God could give us. Where our eyes are off ourselves. Our eyes are off lack. Our eyes are off of what I don't have. And we're reminded this is why we're here. This is how we were set free. This is how we begin to live our life and live it at the highest level. It, it's an amazing, amazing moment. I, I, I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I, I'm just layering scripture. I want you to see this isn't some abstract, abstract concept. It's not just something that, that, that we think of. This is the heart of God. This is what matters to God. This is what God recognizes. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Beginning in verse number one, I want you to see something here. Uh, There's a church. We've read this passage before, but I want to emphasize they were in a crisis. That's why it so captured the attention of God. That's why we're reading about them 2,000 years later. Can I ask you a question? I, I, I don't know how long it is till Jesus comes back. Let me tell you this. I've been doing some fresh study on the return of Christ. And, and, uh, I believe the rapture could happen at any moment. I believe he could come back before I finish my next sentence. I see us moving all the prophetic signs. Uh, they're happening now. I may share some of those with you the next few weeks. We're, we're in, a, we're in a, a moment where I believe, to tell you the truth, we're, we're, we're in a front row seat of how world events are coming together for the return of Jesus Christ. It's a time to be ready and important. And, I, and, and I'm excited about that. But I think all the more while we're in those moments to do what God wants us to do, to be his church in those moments, that the impact will be greater than it ever was. And here's the question I want to ask you, looking about the time we're living in. What if we, come on, come on, here's my question. I want you to grab this. Let this grab your heart. What if we could be a church that so responds to God that if he doesn't come soon, I believe he will, but what if it's another 2,000 years and somebody is a testimony about what you and I did right now? What if we could be a church that so responded to the Lord, that so did what God put us on this earth to do, that he would choose to use our testimony to encourage churches for years to come? Let's read this. 2 Corinthians 8, 1. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. See, what's the setting? Verse 2. Out of their most severe trial, not just a trial, a severe trial. We, I, I, don't, I don't know if we're really in that with this coronavirus thing. We've eaten, haven't we? We've eaten. We, we're here. God's been faithful to us. These folks were in a severe trial, a famine, 
there were, there were no grocery stores and food. And, okay. Out of the most severe trial, watch what happens. Their overflowing joy. I want to be the kind of believer that lives above the circumstances. Anybody with me? When everyone else is in a trial, but you have joy in the midst of it, people want to know what's going on in your life. You get an audience then. Then he says, watch this. And they were having extreme poverty. But what happened? It welled up in rich generosity. Now, do, you, do you get that? I want you to hear me today. Generosity is not based upon my resources. It's based upon God's resources. Do you know that a poor person can be generous? Did, did everybody hear me? Do you know a poor person can be generous? Do you know a rich person could be generous? Do you know a rich person could be stingy and greedy? Do you know a poor person could be stingy and greedy? So it's not based upon my bank account. It's based upon my response to God. And here they are in a severe trial and extreme poverty. And they say, how are we going to respond to this? Let's be generous. My God. It kind of reminds me of Paul and Silas (laughs) thrown in that Philippian jail. Beaten, locked in stocks in, in the middle of the night, unfairly accused. And what was their response? Out of their severe trial <laughs> and extreme pain, they said, let's start singing psalms and praises to Almighty God. See, there's something about a heart of a person who understands God's got this. God's bigger than this. God's in control of this. And the way we respond is the real indication of generosity. Out of their extreme poverty, they welled up in rich generosity. He said, for verse 3, I testify that they gave as much as they were able. And then look at this word. And even beyond their ability. How do you get beyond your ability? How do you get beyond your ability? Let me give you three words. And I'll give you one more scripture. We're going to wrap up and pray. How do you get beyond your ability? That's what Kingdom Builders is all about. We see the cause. We see the call. We know this is what God is doing and blessing. And so, Pastor, how do you give to Kingdom Builders? Well, I give you three words. I give them to you before I want to give them again. Write them down. Plan, vision, dream. How do we become a church like Macedonia that's, that God celebrates and uses as an example? Well, maybe you've never given a faith pledge. Like, okay, how do I do this? Well, you make a plan. Just like you make any other plan. Here's, I make X number of dollars. How much could I give to kingdom builders for a year? How, how could I do it? You make a plan. Make a plan. Just like you do anything else. You start with a plan. Everybody got that? Here's what we have. We sit down as a family. talked about this. Prayed about this. Pastor, we want to do this. We want to be generous. We want to give this amount to kingdom builders. That's my plan. You do it. But then there's another word called vision. See, we're talking about how do they give beyond their ability? Watch this. This is where things begin to get exciting. This is where spiritual growth starts to happen. So vision is when you say, okay, God, I, uh, this is what I can do. But God, is there something you want to do? See, vision is, is where you begin to say, okay, God, I, I, I just want to do more. What, 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 if, what if I could tap into your ability, not my ability? How do I get beyond myself? Well, that's something where, where you, you begin to pray, and only you and God can come to that answer. Watch this. But that figure is where you created room for God to show up in your life. That's where you've said, this is what I can do, but God, I sense as I pray, you want me to commit to this. And at that point, you've obeyed God. 
It's not random. It's not chance. It's not something you do. You notice while I'm teaching on this, I don't immediately come back and take an offering. I want you to pray about this. I want you and God to walk through something that builds your faith. That's vision. What could God do? Plans what I can do. Vision's what God could do. We see something happen. And then, then the last one is dream. Now listen to me. Dream, you write it down, but don't show it to anybody but you and God. Why? Because it's crazy. Because if you tell somebody else, they're going to go, I think he's lost it. Dream is where you say, God, it's when you pray. And you say, God, what if? It's, it's kind of like this. I, I, I look at this thing and, and, and we go, uh, what's your dream? Well, I have a dream. And I, I guess it's not too crazy because I tell you about it. But I got some ones I haven't told you about. I don't want to scare everybody. But one of my dreams is that we'd be able to give a million dollars a year to Kingdom Builders. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Come on. That means God's blessed a lot of people in this church. Huh? Do you get that? That means a whole lot of people have been blessed. So, I'm, so we're about between a quarter and a third there. Praise God for that. But I have a dream. So instead of feeding a child, my dream is, what if we could just build the whole orphanage? You got what I'm saying? And if we could build one, what if we could build two? And then I start dreaming. I said, well, if they, if they need Bibles in those areas where people have never heard the gospel, what if we could call them up and say, you buy as many Bibles as you want, send us a bill. We'll buy every single one of them. And it's, okay, I can tell you, I'm scared you a little bit. The dream, the dream is something where you said, God, here's my income. Here's my life. Here's my responsibilities. It's not, you, no one knows about it. I don't need to know about it. But you, you begin to dream. See what happens without a dream, we become small. We think small. We think me. We live with me. When you get a dream going, you begin to say, God, here, if you want to come in, I'd love to see you do this. Here's my dream. Dream for God. What does Ephesians 3.20 say? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. We begin to see that happen. Let me, let me, uh, let me end with this. Let's go to Genesis 24 and verse 12. Genesis 24, 12. I want to end with this. Let me show you how this happened, how it changes your life. Genesis 24 and verse 12. How many are finding that with me? This is a story of a young lady whose life was radically changed because she lived a lifestyle of generosity. It's amazing to me. I, I, I love this. I love to see what happened. I love uh, to see this account. It, it's stunning. And we're going to close with this. Generosity. Now, based on my resources, based on God's resources. It's how we partner with great ministries, even though we're a small part, and they change the world. It's how we get to realize, God, I'm not limited because you're unlimited. God, if I'm your partner, if I'm in a steward with your things, if I'm doing what you want, God, this is awesome. People are going to be impacted. But there's this quality of generosity, I want you to listen to me, that frees you, that takes the limits off, that positions you for the greatest thing God wants to do. But it's a mindset and it's a lifestyle. Are you with me? So Abraham has a son named Isaac. And he wants Isaac to marry a good woman. And so evidently the neighborhood wasn't good where he lived. So he said, look, don't get one of these girls around here. He said, I want servant, I want you to go. You go back to my family. And I want you to get my son a wife. And the servant is praying to God. He said, God, how do I know how to do that? <laughs> how do I pick a woman? Where do I find? This is a big job. God, I don't know what to do. And so in Genesis 24, we read to verse 12. So he arrives at his master's family area. He's sent to find the master's son a wife. And he wants to do it right. He doesn't know what to do. Verse 12, Genesis 24. 
He prayed, oh, Lord God of my master Abraham, give me success today. Watch this. And show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughter of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too, let her be the one. Now, we read he had 10 camels. They tell us that a camel can drink 20 gallons of water. So this is a prayer. God, I'm going to ask somebody for a glass of water. But if she says, I'll not only give you a glass of water, I'm going to pull up one bucket at a time, 200 gallons of water for those camels you have. He said, if she says that, that's the one. Now, (laughs) without generosity... Our life is the size of one cup of water. With generosity, we begin to look at life differently. Now watch this. Watch this. We get to qualify ourselves for what God will do by the way we respond to opportunities. So he's standing there, and here comes this young lady. He doesn't know what he has, what the servant has prayed. And Rebecca walks up. Now remember, the daughters, many young women came to that spring. But this one, when he said, could I have a glass of water? She says, sir, here's your water. You sit down, and while you rest, I'm going to water all your camels. Well, that servant said, cha-ching. Come on, you know how how you're thinking. You're saying, yes, sir, baby. I know how that felt. For the first time in this whole deal of all the coronavirus, I, I got close enough to somebody. I had to go get the test. So I'm sitting in the, the place, and, you know, they... You know, they, they find people that have been trained in torture, uh, and they come and rub something, you know, stick it up your nose and see if your brain is still there. And then you sit there after being assaulted, and you're waiting to see what's going to happen for the next 14 days of your life, right? And so, and so I'm sitting there. I'm feeling good. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got no symptoms. I'm good. Everything's good. God's good. And uh, I won't tell you who, but I have certain people texting me the whole time. You know, like, and I said, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And so the doctor comes in and says, uh, well, I want you to know you're negative. And I went, cha-ching. I mean, come on, you understand what I'm talking about when I say cha-ching. So the, the servant, when the, when the girl says, I water your camels, cha-ching. God answered my prayer. But I want you to see this. Here's this girl. Come on. Here, looking at her was favor. We read in a moment, favor came on her then. Look at this young girl. Destiny happened in her life. Look at this young girl. She had no idea that her future was resting on one decision she would make. She had no idea that she would become part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. She had no idea that she would marry a man whose father was called to be the father of faith who would propagate it to the next generation that we would read about in the Bible. All she did was respond with generosity to a moment that others missed. Here's what I know. When we respond with generosity to God, favor is waiting for us. 
us. Destiny is waiting for us. Prophecy begins to be fulfilled. Lives begin to be changed. And I know this. There, if she would have said no, he would have asked the next young lady and the next young lady and the next young lady until somebody was generous. What did Mordecai tell Esther? He said, Esther, if you don't do it, God's going to find somebody else. Here's what I want to do today. When God gives us an opportunity in this moment, in this time, to be generous, I want God to look at Calvary. And we said, yes, God. I know all we have to do is a little bit, but together we can do 200 gallons. Together we can make it happen. Together we can impact North Alabama and go beyond that place today. Here's what I want you to understand. We can live a life of lack and fear and uncertainty or we can put our eyes back on the Lord and say, you know what? If God is in this, God use me. If this is what you want, God hears my life. Generosity will do what other people won't do. Generosity will put you in a category where God says, I can now use you like like others won't do. Not everybody wants to be generous. But I believe right now, just like that servant, there are people here in North Alabama There are people asking Way FM for Bibles. There are people on the other side of the world that never even heard the name of Jesus. And and, and God is just looking for someone, say yes, say yes, say yes. Here's what I know, it changes our lives. It changes our lives. When we begin to live like this, we begin to say, I'm free. The limits are off my life. God's in control. God's going to take care of me in this moment. I want you to stand with me. Don't go. We're going to pray. We want our, our worship team to come. I want us to pray an important prayer together today. I want us to begin to recognize that in this moment, God has a plan to free you of your fears. How many can say amen to that? How many want to live without fear? You'll say amen. How many want to get your eyes off of empty shelves and start looking at the fullness of our God? How many want to realize that it's not, you know, it's, it's not what man can do, it's not the circumstances? Are we affected? Of course we are. But are they the end? No, they're not. God has the final word. And I want us to begin to recognize that today. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that generosity is a lifestyle. It demonstrates the love of God. It changes who we are. In your marriage, listen to me. If you're going through a rough spot here online, stop looking at that other person. Stop looking at your spouse to solve the problem. Start looking at your God to solve the problem. Instead of, you know what happens to us Humanly, someone's not kind to us. What happens? Well, we're not kind to them. Someone doesn't say what I want them to say. Well, I'm not going to say anything good to you either. Somebody says something that hurts your feelings. What do we do? Bang! We're right back on them. But generosity says, I've got something to draw on (laughs) that's bigger than me and bigger than this world. And so, You hurt my feelings, but I'm going to pull on the grace of God right now. You got me? You didn't do what I wanted, but I'm going to pull on the grace of God right now. I love this. And I want to demonstrate that I know what his love is like. Listen to me. Sometimes generosity is sacrificial. Sometimes it's sacrificial. But God responds to those things. Like that Macedonian church. How many want to be that kind of church that that makes history? That people write about, think about, read about. People say, look what God did. Look how God responded. So right now, wherever you are, I want you to begin to realize God's with us. He's going to take us through the waters. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He's going to take us through the waters. 
He's going to part the way for us. He's going to show himself strong. The question is, how are you going to make the journey? How are you going to make the journey? See, we're going to get to the other side. Somebody say amen to that. We're going to get to the other side. How many know we're going to be on the other side of coronavirus? Come on. I want everybody. Maybe it wasn't very, yeah. Maybe it wasn't godly. I don't know if cha-ching is the lever on the slot machine or whatever. I don't know what I was doing. I've never done one of those, but I know for me, boom, that's a win for me, okay? I want you to just, come on. You need to lighten up today. God's in control. God's in control. Come on. I want you to do a cha-ching. Come on, right now. Let's do one. Cha-ching. We win. We win. Come on. We win. We win this thing. Cha-ching. Here's my question. How are you going to make the journey? We're coming out on the other side. And when we get there, what do you have to show for it? Did you just barely make it by the skin of your teeth? Did you lose your hope, your faith, your joy, your peace? Come out on the other side, beat up, drugged through? Huh? Are you going to walk out of this thing and say, God, been faithful to me. He's good. He's amazing. He provided. He made a way. He was there when no one else was there. Excuse me, I saw the hand of God. I want us to begin to rejoice in that today. I want you to begin to recognize there's more for us than against us. And so how do we respond? We're generous. We're generous. Hey, you need my time, here's some time. You need my help, here's some help. Lord, we're going to pledge to kingdom builders and do more than we've ever done. Why? Because you're faithful. And generosity releases favor and destiny. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.